You're tuning into this week's Revival Recap. Let's hear what's happening in the life of our church. Welcome back to our Revival Recap. So glad you've come back. We hope you're learning from these little segments and uh, getting some good practicalities for your life. Today we're chatting about our highlights from our Saturday night meeting. I'm Clint Davis. I'm here with one of our senior leaders, Renee Evans. Hi, everyone. I, I, I'm looking across at the couch. I like the, uh, <laughs> like the little Joey. Like the over there. Yeah, That's someone cute. gave me a, a stuffed kangaroo for my office as a prophetic act. I'm, I'm not sure what what the prophetic word what is the pro- <laughs> <laughs> keep on hopping yeah there you go that must be it <laughs> that's amazing that's so cute i love it if it's missing when i leave then you know rochelle's <laughs> inherited one um okay let's jump straight into it uh what was saturday like for you what stood out to you maybe things we didn't see that you know yeah, it well, first of all, it was really fun for me. I always love, um, I usually tend to do weeks, if not months, of research behind some of some of my messages, not all of them, um, but some of them are, that are a bit more topic-specific. And so it's always fun to see kind of the culmination of your research and your study kind of come together and um, be expressed and come out in a way that, you know, you're happy with and, and, and I think the flip side is you always wish you had seven or eight hours just to stand there and talk through everything you've learned. And Especially for this topic. I mean, yeah. this is huge. And the women in ministry. I mean, there's been a number of topics that I've done that in the past that I've got pages and pages of notes on. And oh, let's I'm just, just like, pause there for a moment. If you haven't heard the women's in ministry <laughs> sermon, that is a must. If you're scrolling through and you're like, oh, I have to hear it, you have to listen to that. <laughs> well, thank you. That was so fun. So it was, like, it was similar to that, that I'm like, oh, my gosh, what? do I pull out? There's so much gold and there's so much research and information and so much just good stuff out there that it was really challenging to just pick an hour's worth of teaching, but it was, it was really fun. I thought you did an outstanding job. Thank you. I mean, the title grabbed me. The title (laughs) grabbed me. I was like, wait, where are you going with this? Well, I used to be in book publishing, which I'm not sure if everyone knows. So I'm like big on titles that stick with you. Because uh, that's one of the things I love about some books. They have these really cool titles that don't necessarily give the, t- the meaning of the book away. But they're just fun and they stick in your brain. So I try to always come up with a funny or, you know. A My st- angel's sticky. name is Bob. <laughs> Hi, Bob. Hey, Bob. <laughs> I love it. It's amazing. Um, and it's challenged a lot of people. We're going to get to that. But what, what's your heart behind this message? Why this message at this time? Why do we need this now? Yeah, I think, I mean, I really do believe that it's like got prophetic significance. I think that we are just starting to, um, I think the angelic realm obviously has always been around in the unseen realm and people have been teaching on it for years, but I feel like it's becoming more acceptable and more widespread um, throughout Christianity than just in the little pockets of like Pentecost or Charismatics and and stuff like that. I think people are really starting to engage and see that there is um, there's reason and that there's a um, you know there's a purpose behind it. It's not just fun little stories or hey pray your angels with you. You know it's not just kind yeah. of like little token um, token fun things to say for to kids or believers, but it's actually like such a powerful tool for every single believer to have and I just I feel like we need to be more equipped now than ever before you know um, 
in, in we got to take every single thing that God gives us, and this is one of the things that He gives us freely. And it's such a privilege as a believer to get to experience this this unseen realm. No, it's it's totally true. It's totally real. It is not an easy subject no. to address because, exactly like you mentioned, there's so many denominations. Uh, many of them are like, oh, there's a devil behind every bush. Yeah. And this is one of the things that stood out to me the most, and I'm totally guilty of it, is that you said this, Christians are often more aware of demons than angels. Yeah. And if I look back over my life, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, that's that's like how it all began for me. Like oftentimes the way in which I come up with messages or, um, you know, begin researching a topic is because God speaks to me in that kind of way. And, and that's how it all began. He just said to me one day, he's like, you know, more Christians are preoccupied and think more about the works of the devil and the demonic than they do of the angelic and angels and the works of heaven. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so true. You know, like I, I think you could go through any denomination and they will give validity to demonic oppression, um, wow. possession, whatever it may be. Like they're all very, very like, yes, the devil is working and alive. But I'm like, well, if he is working and alive and his demons are working and alive, then obviously the same is true for the angels that are still under the command of Jesus, you know, and there are yeah. more of them. So we should be giving more attention to that. But I think we're predispositioned as humans to kind of look at the negative things right, and look at the dark crazy, things. crazy, right? Yeah. Really I mean, sad, you know, yeah. the first thing we say as Christians all the time is like, oh, look what's happening in the world. Like, yeah, you know, sure. this kind of... Um, whatever curriculum is getting into our schools or this kind of stance on marriage. And it's like, well, is it a surprise? I mean, you right, know, like we right. act shocked. Um, but yet the Lord is doing so much good stuff. And oftentimes it's more of a challenge for us to redirect um, our eyes to what God is doing than to what he isn't doing. You know, I feel like there's something there. This is a rabbit hole, but you know what? Why not? Um, <laughs> there's something there about Israel, right? Like Israel had these two dynamics to their conversation, to mm. their dialogue where they were really on point when they were remembering the good things God was doing yeah. and they were really off point and lost their way when they started focusing on the negatives. Or the it's gaps. so true. Yeah. It's so true. That's yeah. crazy. I, um, I love that, you know, any good communicator, any great sermon, any great truth that needs to be shared always sets a lens to, to look at it mm -hmm. through. And you set this lens pardon the pun, with the colorblind glasses video. But <laughs> yeah. it was so true. I mean, imagine if we start shifting our perspective and seeing angels mm -hmm. and the way the world is truly around us. Yeah. It really is like, wait, what? Yes. I know. I love those videos. And not a dry eye in the place <laughs> when you shared them. So. Well, I was looking for, I've seen those videos um, before, but I was looking for the exact ones I wanted to share. And I was sitting in a coffee shop and I'm just sitting there like bawling my eyes out. Everyone's looking at me like, what is this crazy lady doing? Um, so I just had fun kind of binge watching those and it was amazing. But it's so true, you know, just because we can't see them, it doesn't mean it's not there. And it's, it's the same for a colorblind person. Just because the colors can't be seen by their eyes, it doesn't mean they're not there, you yeah. know. And so um, I think, I think for me, I'm such a, I'm such like a skeptic by nature that I feel like I, I wanted to address this subject because most people would be more skeptical than not about this subject. So I'm kind of like, hey, from one skeptic to another, like it is real, you know. And so I just, yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. It's, 
it's a hard it's a hard topic, but it's such a topic that needs to be taught because we we can't be skeptic about it any longer. You know, I think it's a real need for the Christian that we can't rely on our own strength, but we really need to lean on the on the strength of the Lord that He's given us. And there's no doubt that this is one of them. So. Well, what's so amazing, I didn't tell you this, but Sunday morning, we have church Saturday night. Sunday morning, Rochelle and I went down to another church where she was dancing, uh, worship dancing there and, and uh, got to prophesy and, and it was a great time. But when we connected with the leaders there, the first thing they said is, you know, we've had such a focus shift onto the angelic lately. Mm. And I was like, wow. wait, what? Do you know we preached that last night? And they're like, no, <laughs> there's something going on. And it yeah. almost feels like it's a real fast quickening yes, I to have so. this. It's not a slow yeah. burn. It's really happening quick. So I want to say that to yeah. highlight the importance of this. Yeah. You know, I think the thing that is interesting to me is like even the women in ministry topic, like I preached that. And I think two months later, um, John... What's his name? John MacArthur made yes, that comment right. and, and it kind that's of blew right. up all over social media yeah. about the issue of women in ministry. And I have this I have the same anticipation and the same sense around this subject as I did around that wow. subject that it's not just important but it carries like prophetic revelation on it. And I feel I feel like I'm prophesying now that like the church will have their eyes open to this and and I think we're in kind of the end days where we we need everything that we can get. And this is this is such a um, it's such a prophetic moment for the angelic, I think. And I think you're going to begin to hear a lot of people start talking about it way more than they have been. And the cool thing is, I think a lot more people who have been skeptical about it, um, or those who have just brushed it off as that's just for a certain few. I feel like it's, this is a widespread kind of. Um, thing that the Lord is doing and that many Christians who have never really seen visions before or even had that gift of discernment to discern angelic the angelic realm I feel like it's being opened and it's like eyes are being opened and ears are being opened to what heaven is doing and I'm, I'm excited for it I keep the Lord in leading up to this kept reminding me of the gold gold dust glory cloud that appeared in Bethel yeah. Reading and oh. you know it happened I think 11 times and we were out of town <laughs> for most of them and I just remember Joaquin getting a text message we were in the middle of eating dinner with some people like I think it was his mum and dad and they're like the glory clouds at, at Bethel and right. we just got up from the table in the middle of dinner and we just ran out of the room and it was just the most incredible thing we've ever seen but oh. I, f I feel like that was kind of like a special moment for a church but I feel like that is what we're stepping into as the church and that churches all over the world are going to begin to see the glory manifest in front of them. It's exciting. And we need to know what to do when it does, you know, I think, which right. is the key. So if we can teach on it now before it happens, then we kind of have somewhat of a wineskin to put it in when it comes, you know. Totally, totally. And so family, here's the thing. At the end of this podcast, we are going to have a few resources mm -hmm. listed for you, books you can read, all that thing. So stay tuned. We're going to give that to you in a couple minutes. We never, we don't really plan, oh, actually, not, that's a lie. We don't plan this podcast at all no. <laughs> before we do it. <laughs> I just ran in from another meeting, sat down, and here we are. <laughs> and like we said, there's so many topics that are not real. I love how you stayed on the positive side of it, but I'm prompted at this minute to just address one thing. You might have found it in your, in your research, but a lot of, a lot of the discrepancy around angels mm. around in the world is, oh, when my family member dies, they become oh, an angel. No, I don't believe that. I don't find that in scripture. 
No, well, it's not in scripture. Oh, that's why I don't. Find yeah, it. that's why you don't find it. That makes sense. So, and I'm like, why would we want our family to know, become angels? I, I want my family to be in heaven, worshiping Jesus and concerned with the things of God, and not concerned with the things of this world. You know, like totally. I want them to be at peace and at rest, and and in and just in pure joy in in being in the throne room in the company of heaven. I don't want them to be concerned with what's happening down here you know i want them to be free up there and i, I think they are and yeah right I, I don't think it is biblical that people come back as angels yeah i don't find that either um and here's the thing there's something that it undermines about our humanity and our mm. spiritual being in the likeness of it's god so, yeah that's a good point point. and you said this as well you said Angels don't get to worship how we do. Yeah. They don't get to worship in the midst of trial and pain. They mm -hmm. don't have that choice to make. Yep. They're created with a mission. And angels are not made in the image of God, and we are. You know, it's we're powerful. completely different beings. And, and almost to say that we'd come back as angels is to believe in reincarnation, which yeah, it's kind now of like, we're really on a slippery slope, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. And it's kind of like... By the way, the oil on that slope is very dirty, so don't go near that slope. <laughs> um, but it's kind of like anything that's mysterious mm. we think is better. Yeah. But it's not necessarily like that. The mystery in us, hope, yeah. Christ in us. Yeah, come on. That's the greatest mystery. So, yeah, I mean, okay. it's a whole topic for another time. Let's go from one John who made a bad statement to one John that made a great statement. Jonathan <laughs> Edwards, you quoted him. Share that quote again because I was literally sitting there and as you said it, I was so flabbergasted, I didn't write it down. Yeah, well, he says, The seeking of the kingdom of God is the chief business of the Christian life. So as believers, it is our is our number one priority to seek the kingdom of God. And yet, as I mentioned on Saturday night, oftentimes we all want the kingdom of God to manifest, but we don't necessarily want the parts that make us uncomfortable. And so if we are going to seek the whole kingdom of God, then we need to be prepared to be uncomfortable because there are a lot of things in heaven that is going to make the the you know, the average believer, uncomfortable. I mean, like I mentioned on Saturday, the idea of like an angel or a being with eyes all over it and within it, like that is, that makes me uncomfortable. A little bit? Yeah. I mean, it does. It makes you want to scratch my eye. That's the first really place I want to go. I mean, I'm not saying I don't want it, but you know, to think that we're going to have an understanding or a grasp or a rational um, or a logical out view on everything within the kingdom is just nonsense. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like you, pre you should be prepared to be uncomfortable. It's right. what your faith is. Yeah. Yeah. Your faith never promises that you're going to be comfortable. That's right. Whether it's in life through persecution, whether it's in the spiritual realm by being completely like mind blown over what God has created and what He's doing, like yeah, you know, the Christian world is like not always comfortable. And that's okay. You get the sense there's a lot of angels sitting around now listening to us to record this saying, <laughs> eh, yeah, you guys are, you're getting the tip of the iceberg. Totally. So and I so feel that as well, you know, and the last video that I showed about the little boy putting on the glasses and then most of the time you'll, when you see those videos and you can YouTube them, but, and some of them have profound, um, cuss words so sure. <laughs> I don't know um, people get excited people get very excited <laughs> but one of the things they do is they they put their glasses on and then they take them off and then they put them on and they take them off it's almost like they just cannot believe the reality of color yes. in front of them and I feel yeah. like that's us you know 
we put them on and then we take them off and we put them on and we take and that's okay you know sometimes it takes getting used to when you begin to see into this realm or interact uh, I say a lot I'm using the word and terminology seeing into this realm a lot but if I'm honest like I don't see with my natural eye I perceive with my spiritual eyes but I don't yeah. I don't see with my natural eyes and so when I say see um, within that I'm wrapping up feeling and discernment and you know that yeah. kind of perception and all that kind of and stuff And I think as well. you brought amazing freedom to all of us as you preached that because you did say that it wasn't about all just, oh, here's this open vision in front of you. Right. Here's this angel that's grabbing you and throwing you in the right direction. It's visions, dreams, signs, wonders, touch, sure. But this element of discernment yeah. is really powerful. And I don't want to say it's a start point because it's not. I think it's often the main point mm -hmm. is to discern. Um, totally agree with you. Now you spoke about this. Let's let's go here. You spoke about an example of Joaquin um, honing his gifts, getting around others who are more mature, partnering up with people so he could hone that gift yeah. that he wanted to develop, and getting around more mature people that were carrying that gift already. It's not just about running to anybody right right yeah and i say like um you know hebrews five fourteen says but solid food is for the mature uh but by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil so we all as believers can train ourselves to distinguish good from evil first and foremost Ooh. so it's a discernment gift yeah. that is available for every single believer um and it's people who are more mature in the faith than we are that we we want to um you partner up with and kind of hone this gift in, but it's also people who have different gifts than us. Um, sometimes you could be a really mature believer um, in so many different areas, but this is just maybe not a gift that you've been given open eyed vision gift for. And so, so I don't, I don't want to communicate that people who don't see in the spirit are not mature because right. um, so I would hate for that to come across because I don't I don't believe that that is true, um, but I do think that there are people given given different gifts within the church and the, the reason that we're given gift, different gifts is because we fellowship with one another to be able to figure it out and so I know Joaquin when he went to BSSM um, in the first years that he was there he. He really wanted to just, um, you know, hone in his gift of perception and he would perceive things in the spirit. And what he would do is he'd just partner up with someone in uh, times of corporate worship and just ask them, what are you seeing? And see if it matched what he was perceiving. And then if it did or it didn't, then, you know, that he was able to hone his gift. I will say he didn't just go up to anyone and ask. It was people who had their gifts proven, if you will, like right. they had good track record. They had good character. Oh, Let's that's a throw big that one. One in there. Um, yeah, because I mean, you know, what is your gift if you don't have the character to sustain it? That's a whole in my, sermon, right? That there. is, yeah. and I'm very passionate about that. I'm like, uh, no one's gift alone impresses me. Like, but if you have a gift and the character that can sustain that gift, that's where I'm like, yes, you, right? Yeah, good on you. <laughs> right. Um, because the gifts of God are without repentance, you know, like you actually don't earn the gifts of God, but you earn your character. Um, and so anyway, now I'm getting yeah, on a rabbit trail. But so, you know, he definitely partnered up with people who had history with leadership, who um, their gifts had been proven um, and and just were solid people. And so, you know, he was able to discern his gifts that way. So what's that journey like for you? 
Well, you know, I learn a lot through Joaquin. I mean, he's been he's been a believer longer than I've been a believer, and he got radically saved. And I believe every single testimony is radical, a testimony of salvation. But mine was more of a um, slowly coming into the kingdom um, of, through a series of decisions and events as opposed to this one encounter with God that was like night and day, you know, um, which is kind of what Joaquin had. And so, so he just kind of hit the ground running and, and really delved into the things of the spirit straight away, whereas I kind of had a Baptist background. So when I got right. born again, I had to unlearn a whole bunch of things. And an Australian background, which yeah. not to, not to like, not to undermine that, but everybody comes from a different worldview and the Australian uh, worldview is quite rigid. It's like things do have to line up. You do need a yeah. process to make decisions. Yeah, we're very British by nature. Obviously, that's how our Sad, heritage but is. But, it's not um, your fault. Yeah, <laughs> and we're not overly expressive for the most part when we talk about you know the Lord and. Love things. to all the British, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, so I I did have definitely a different background of that. But now, um, you know, I've been in this environment and I've been kind of pursuing the things of the spirit. Um, and, and really, like, baptized with the Holy Spirit and, and delving into that for, oh, 13 years now. But Joaquin does have a different gift than I do, you know, yeah. and he's cultivated that gift for longer than I have. And so, uh, you know, I ask him, I'm like, what are you feeling when, when, you know, every week almost when we're in church, I'm like, what are you feeling? Like, and you see a huddle of us up the front and... You know, I used to be worried because I'm like, people are going to think we're chit-chatting during worship and that's so disrespectful. <laughs> but now yeah. I don't care because I'm like, oh, we're not chit-chatting. We're actually like stewarding the service. And A couple stupid emails will get you over that have... don't care hurdle. <laughs> it's <laughs> so just true. But we have different gifts on our team, which I'm so thankful for. And so we yeah. just come together and we're like, what is God doing? And, and, you know, if I'm sensing something, but then someone else like Eddie's like, oh, this is what I'm seeing. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what I was sensing. And so I'm, I'm kind of growing in that gift. And like I mentioned on Saturday night, like this is a, this is a journey for me. Like I don't claim to have arrived. I don't think anyone has, but, um, you know, I'm really learning to discern my gift and I've been getting better and better at it over the years, but it's not my natural disposition to be looking for the unseen realm in my everyday life. And so this really in the last three months, I'm like, I've been able to do that in corporate times of worship, but now I'm really after going after that in my in my life, not just in worship. Because I will say one thing that I forgot to mention is if you are looking for a place to practice your gift of discernment, corporate worship opens up a realm of heaven that we rarely get mm, to see true. as through individual worship. True. And so it is a great, great place. If you go to a church where the presence of God is thick in that place, it is such a great place for you to practice seeing the angelic and... Um, yeah, so that would be my, if, if you're kind of training wheels in this, like I, I am, like corporate worship times are the best places to learn. And then, um, so I'm kind of moving from that place of discerning what's happening in a corporate setting to, to trying to pull on this realm in my everyday life. You know, how, what does it look like to see angels as I parent my kids? What does it look like to see angels as I'm leading a media, like a staff meeting? You know, and so that's kind of the journey that I'm on right now. That's so. beautiful. As we sit here, we have boxes next to us of Bibles <laughs> that will be given to people that come to know the Lord. Yes, we church. just got them in. We're very excited. Yeah, it's amazing. New Testament's beautiful cover on earth as it is in heaven. In Austin. In as Austin it as in it is heaven, in heaven. Come on. on. The cover. Yes. Point being, we're expectant of revival. 
Yeah. Right? We're yep. expecting a revival. It ties to something about persistence, as you said, being rewarded by heaven. Yeah. We are expectant. You can't separate the angelic realm from that expectancy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we're starting to live this thing. What I'm trying to say, church, family, if Siri will not interrupt me, is that... <laughs> We carry this together. We carry this expectancy together. <laughs> Where do I want to go? Um, so we carry this expectancy together, you know. Yeah. And so here it is. It's yeah. in our hands. Um, I'm excited about this. It feels like it's breaking something new open. I am too. I think it's so exciting. Um yeah, I mean, I, I say this like Proverbs 14.4, it says, without oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. And, you know, it's, it's such a great proverb because I'm like, sometimes we want our stables to be so clean. We want our lives to be so explainable and so clean and predictable and how we know God is going to show up. And, and But the truth is, is like we need oxes in our stables we need angels in our house we need angels in our car in our lives in order to see the harvest and there are harvest angels out there as well but you know in order to see a harvest and sometimes that looks messy like it yeah. doesn't look the clean so sometimes now i actually take mess as a good sign that there's just activity happening in my life as opposed right. to um everything neat and being in order no that's powerful and usually that mess is linked to the mystery yes. that you're discovering. Yeah. And I think you did a great job on um, bringing the re reverse of that as well. It's like you spoke about the creature with eyes inside and out. I mean, that is messy, but <laughs> it's in Scripture. Yeah. There's something about mm -hmm. aligning your mess with the truth of Scripture. Yeah. And if you do that, it's really hard to ignore the angelic realm. It, it, I mean, like I said, there's over 394 Scriptures throughout the Bible about the angelic. I mean, they're all throughout the Bible. I will say, like, um, you know, some of my research, don't just Google angels, um, right. if I can warn you against that, because there's a lot of New Age. The um, Bible has still got more truth than Google. Yes, so yes. <laughs> there's a lot of New Age perception and a lot of stuff out there on angels that actually isn't biblical. So right. I do want to kind of get that across as well, is like, be careful in your study. Make sure you're kind of coming from a reputable um place someone who has good christian fruit um, in their lives that they're kind of teaching from that place um, because there are people out there who are teaching weird and wacky stuff that just simply isn't scriptural and it's not truth and so we do really that's another great place to use our discernment yeah. you know yeah. yeah it's such a massive topic i we have to wind it down i guess this is not the last time we'll be speaking about it do you have a single highlight from Saturday? Well, if I can say this. Okay, so sometimes like I have a joke or two up my sleeve, right? Like uh -huh. every communicator does. But I kind of went into this and I'm like, I've got no jokes. So this is going to be a pretty bland message, <laughs> like uh -huh. no humor to it. So I was kind of happy with the with my joke <laughs> about, about essential oils. But anyway, that yes, was just my I was little... Gonna, I wasn't going to go there. I wasn't going to go there, but I saw you got tagged on social media for that. I know. People picked up. It was like every was good like... Christian woman has essential oils. <laughs> and I, I know. Was I like, don't know why that was a um, highlight to me. But <laughs> because I have made jokes about that in podcasts it prior. It is so where it's true, like, isn't it? 
Because I have a friend who's a pastor in Australia. Yeah. Right? He has a church that we handed to him and he leads that. And, and he came to me one day, he said, you know, I've actually got a real problem. I've got three different church members trying to sell me their essential oils. And as the pastor, <laughs> if I buy from one, I upset the other. If I don't buy Very from true. any of them. So it's just a funny thing. It is so circles, funny. You know. So I don't know. That was like a funny highlight. But one of my highlights actually came after the message. And I've had message after message on Facebook and Instagram and emails just and text messages just telling me about people who have encountered their angels and... Um, they know the name of their angels and they're telling me what it means. And so it's been very encouraging for me um, to just get so much feedback from the encounters that people have been having. And Joaquin actually took some time on Saturday, Sunday morning, the day after, and kind of had some time with the Lord asking him. And he, he said that he got the name Frank, um, which I thought was very wow. funny. It means like kind of earnest and honest. Yeah. But the, um, the, Frank King, if you add a Frank King on it, actually means to do, like it's a, a mail system in which you you have the authority to stamp a letter on behalf of someone, on behalf of a person wow. or organization to entitle free postage. Wow. And I was like, whoa, that's so cool. And so we were wow. like, we should write a book called um, Frank and Bob. Adventures of yes. our angels. <laughs> yes, that's amazing. So, wow, that's powerful. Yeah, I thought that it was really powerful. cool. The lines are never closed for positive feedback. Send those emails. <laughs> I like how we I'll emphasize positive, positive. <laughs> feedback. I actually am open to any feedback. I really we, we am. Are, I know yeah, I kind of true. say that I'm not, but I'm very open to feedback. I'm not open to complaining. That's true. Just keep it smart, people. Yeah, I'm not open to complaining yeah. and threats and like just weird stuff, but I'm, I'm very open to constructive Was there anything after the fact feedback. that you were like, oh, I wish I said that. I wish I didn't say that. I wish I clarified this or that. Oh, I, Joaquin maybe mentioned this because he came up to the stage afterwards to tell me, but when I was talking about like... Um, the title of the message, my angel's name is Bob. I was actually in my kitchen um, talking to a friend and she had been there watching our kids that night and the, one of my books had been on the um, table and I haven't finished reading it at this point, but she was flicking through it and I was talking to her and Joaquin and they're like, what are you going to preach on? And I'm like, I'm going to preach on angels. And then I'm like, because my angel's name is Bob. And I'm like, I know that sounds so crazy and so ridiculous. And she's like, well, did, and Joaquin's like, that is so weird and funny. And, um, and then she's like, did you get that from the book? And I'm like, what book? And she's like, well, I was flicking through the book and towards the end, there's like a subheading saying an angel named Bob. What? Which is where, which is, I looked in it and I'm like, no way. But this kind of happened throughout that book. I would have questions for the Lord and I'm like, but what about this kind of angel? What do they do? Or what about this? And, and then he would just begin to answer all of these questions that I had through this book. Um, so wow. I thought that was just so cool that he was doing that. But I did want to leave some resources for you guys. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, if you were looking into, like I said, don't just kind of believe everything you read out there about angels because there is some kind of weird stuff out there. But um, obviously, first and foremost, the Bible is where we go and we cross-reference everything that is being said with the Bible. And um, But I will say even just throughout Bible well, I should say revival history, the mentioning of angels from some of the most reputable revivalists that we've ever heard of. Right. Um, 
is so prevalent. So, you know, even if they haven't written books about it, the majority of revivalists who have experienced a move of God always mention the angelic. Um, right. So, but one of them is Billy Graham, and he has a book called Angels, which is kind of filled with the theology of angels, and it's like sold millions of copies. Um, but it also has a ton of really cool stories about angels, which I love the it's stories. It like right? really, yeah. yeah, it inspires me. Another book that I read that I loved was called Seeing Angels by Joshua Mills. That was a good one. Uh, Dr. David Jeremiah has a book on angels, um, who they are and why and how they help, what the Bible reveals. And then I listened to a number of podcasts from people like Patricia King and, again, Joshua Mills and um, some of these other guys. And I watched um, YouTube videos on some of them as well. So, yeah. Now, yeah. don't all go to the YouTube videos first. Get some reading done. Yeah, it's, I think that's important. Yeah. Like, I mean, I love podcasts and I love... I love um, you know, YouTube videos and all that, but there's something about reading because the yeah. amount of research that goes into writing something often more is more thought through than just spurting out information. Yeah. And so I find... It's true. Yeah. That's true. That's great. What's the single big idea that you want people to take away this week? The big practicality. I would just say that I think your angels are all around you and I think they are just waiting for you to engage with them. And I, I mean, when you really start getting into the specifics of the types of angels that are available, the kind of uh, commissions and missions that they've been sent on, I mean, if I can just share this one story, there was a lady, a little old lady who went up to Joshua Mills, and I think she was like in her 80s, and she was like, I really need my house painted. Do you think that there are painting angels? <laughs> and Joshua Mills Good is question. like, uh, that sounds weird. And <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but we can pray. And so they prayed. She's like, because this is a need of mine and I don't have the money to get it done and I physically can't do it myself. Um, anyway, they prayed and she woke up the next morning. Her entire house had been painted. Oh my God. Yeah. And there was another lady who was like, do you think there are plumbing angels? Because I've had a tree's root system grow into our pipes in our basement and is going to cost us thousands and thousands of dollars to repair and we just don't have the money. And again, Joshua Mills was like, well, I don't know, let's just pray. So they prayed and um, within a couple of hours, the roots of the tree had mysteriously just been taken out wow. of the piping system. So so I think there is People are on so, Amazon right now looking for that book. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I said to Joaquin, I'm like, babe, I feel so convicted in my spiritual walk that I don't want to just see angels because they're cool and like for these big grand commissions. Like I actually want to invite the angelic into my everyday life. I want yes. to invite them into my finances. I want to invite them into my home. Hey, if I've got like a repair, I don't want the first person I call to be my home warranty company or a repairman. I want right. it to be heaven. Right. You know, because I think that God has so much of these uh, things available for us. But the reason that we don't hear more or access them is we simply do everything in our own strength. And it, and heaven's solutions are such a secondary thought to us. Um, right. You know, we go to heaven for prayer over healing. Why can't we go to heaven for prayer over our finances? Right. And why can't we go to heaven over like, our plumbing that's gone wrong and why can't we go to heaven over our car battery that keeps you know what i yeah, mean like i feel like as believers we just have yet to experience or fully tap into what's accessible to us and god doesn't just care about the spiritual he cares about everything and Absolutely. he's such a god of details and he wants to be in your life to the minutest details because it matters to you 
and yeah. what, what matters to you he cares about. So my biggest takeaway would be like, there is so much more available for us mm. as believers. And it's, it's, it's our right and our privilege actually, when we become believers, that the Lord sends ministering angels to us. And it says that in Hebrews. So, Amazing. Yeah. I think I, I stand corrected, but I think it's Jennifer Leclerc that has a book about angels and finance. Oh, I think it's that. Sean Bowles actually had this big encounter, um, Kingdom Keys to Finances or something. Yes, his yes, book, yes, yes, yes. Right. But it all stemmed through an angelic encounter with yeah. the with the angel of uh, the Ministry of Finance or something mm. like. Anyway, I wow. read that book and I was like, whoa! And I've actually Joaquin and I actually had a when we were praying together one day had an encounter with. Um, with an angel of finance and it wow. was powerful. It was one of our most pronounced angelic encounters, wow. I would say. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so, amazing. So cool. So we got some work to do, but uh, keep it fun because this is fun. It's so fun. It's yeah. so fun. And it's so interactive and it's not meant to be stiff and it's not meant to be. But I will say, and I said this once more and I'll say it again, persistence really pays off in the kingdom. And if you are not if you're pressing in and you're not feeling anything or sensing anything, if I can just encourage you to just keep pressing in because there is so much available and he will not withhold from you. But sometimes he needs to know how much you really want it. Mm. And sometimes we give up just on the edge of breakthrough. Yeah, there's truth to that. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank it's you. Amazing. We, I mean, again, we could go a long time on this. I know. I feel like so, we're not even scratching the surface, but that's but anyway, great. Thank you. Yay. Uh, thanks for joining us again, everybody, for this Revival Recap. Remember that you can get more out of our journey together at BethelATX.com or go ahead and chat to one of our Connect coaches on a Saturday night meeting. Until next time, see you then. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Revival Recap. For more of our podcasts and other resources, visit BethelATX.com.